What do you think of when you see or hear the, uh, the word that's about to be uh, placed on the screen uh, behind me? Is it there yet? What does, that, what does that word repent um, elicit within you? What does it, um, what does it conjure up uh, knowing that I'm about to speak on the subject of repentance? I just want you to sit with that, uh, that word for a little while. Let's just kind of press the pause button. There's been a lot of kind of reflective uh, time this morning. And I just want to continue with that. And just, just press the pause button. And I just want you to reflect on how that word makes you feel. What, what does it draw from you? What, is your, what are the images that this word repent or repentance uh, builds in your mind? And um, just get you to reflect on that for a little moment, and then I'll invite your feedback for those who would like to share um, whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable with this particular word. Okay. Anybody have any thoughts like to make a comment about how they re- respond or react to the word uh, repent? Uh, the word repent makes me feel very uncomfortable, um, partly because I feel that on one side of things, my identity is that that God sees me as pure and whole, but also knowing that I'm still broken and there are still things that I need to repent of. And it forms this kind of scribble in my mind, thinking that I know they can't be opposite from one another, so where are they placed? They're not placed against each other because both of those two things are who I am. But how is it supposed to look? And and what am I supposed to be when I've got two going on at the same time? Fantastic. Great, great insight. I guess when I first saw it, my first thought was certain people that I see down in the city on Friday nights yelling yeah. at you and how confronting that is, when, especially with someone who professes that's, to have a faith. Shane. Shane gets dressed up on a Friday night okay, and right. uh, he right. goes... I'll keep an eye out. Um, but from that, and I guess it's triggered the same thought, is that when I think of what repentance is, it's not God yelling at you and saying, you know, you've got to fix this. Like often there are needly things, but it's a much more gentle internal approach rather than someone just, or him going, you know you got to get this right, da 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 and it's much more personal from a level, so I guess I sort of see that from it. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, perhaps many of us, um, the idea of uh, repentance conjures up a manic street preacher yeah, shouting I, at us. <laughs> when I see it, I think of who's saying it, so if it's somebody else saying it, I feel first reaction is condemnation and anger at them, how dare they, um, which is not great, <laughs> self-righteousness, all this sort of thing. If it's God saying it, I feel shame, I feel guilt. If it's me saying it to myself, there's a bit of, all right, Bethany, turn around, pull your socks up, like, 
trying to get it right. Mm. So it depends who's saying it. Very good. Can I entrust the microphone to my son? I won't tell the truth then. <laughs> um, I think part of that is understanding that I've done something wrong. So that idea that repentance means that I've actually made, done a sin or, or have done something wrong. And so I have to realise that within myself that I need to ask for forgiveness. So, yeah. So it's an acknowledgement of yeah. wrongdoing on your behalf. Yeah. One more person and then we'll uh, unpack this a little bit further. Thanks, Esther. Yeah, definitely when you see on the screen like that it, and when you hear it, you know, on Swanson Street at night, um, there's a real negative connotation. But I think when you sort of realise it for yourself, there's an incredible sense of sorrow and... Um, Ultimately, then, the purpose of that is um, for our own good, to, to help us in a healing, a personal healing. And so, yeah, it's kind of hard, I think, with the juxtaposition of the connotations, but actually how it's for us, a good thing for us. Behind that, yeah, fantastic. Well, look, I think for, for many of us generally, uh, the, uh, the word repent or repentance does carry with it um, uh, negative connotations. So you do have, um, for those of you gone down uh, Swanson Street on a on a weekend, and um, somebody who looks like Joel there on a soapbox um, shouting at you, and um, or you you have the connotation. My background, I tend to think of a Pentecostal uh, evangelist who uh, points the finger, who has froth and spit coming out of their mouth, and you know the the neck veins bulging uh, again with my tradition repentance is often equated with um, an altar call and uh, people being very sorry and sad um, over their mistakes over their sins uh, for some of us uh, repentance is also having to give up something that you really enjoy if you're to be quite honest about it um, having to give up something that you like that you enjoy but you're aware that um, or suspect that God is not, um, not happy with what you're doing. And very often we equate repentance with a strong sense of guilt or shame and um, a sense of feeling dour and sorry for ourselves. The word repent is actually a beautiful word and it's a concept that I believe um, we need to redeem and it's something of uh, the meaning of that word needs to be uh, restored. Particularly in the light of the, the subject matter that we've been unpacking for quite a number of months now, the kingdom of God, I think um, it is so important that we understand what true, genuine repentance is. Because repentance, um, as I hope to show you, is actually the gateway, it's the entry point into the kingdom of God, and it is the pathway on which the kingdom of God is able to break into our lives. In uh, Mark chapter 1 and verse 14 and 15, it's, it says that Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. This is actually Jesus' uh, very uh, first sermon 
And in it, he introduces uh, the, this notion of the kingdom of God. And alongside uh, the kingdom of God, it, sitting along, right, right alongside it, is this word, repent. The kingdom of God and repentance. And as I said, that the gateway into the kingdom of God is actually our ability to understand and apply the principle of repentance. Just as a way of recap, we've um, spent some time looking at, at what the kingdom of God is. And we can summarize by saying it is God's dream for the world. I think it was Vinant uh, a few weeks ago who said it was a retur- us, our return to the Garden of Eden. Um, the kingdom of God is what the world looks like under the reign of God. It's what things are like when God is in charge of things. And it's a world that is characterized by this uh, beautiful Hebrew word, uh, shalom, which means nothing broken, nothing missing. Things are restored and made whole and uh, put back together again. It's a world put to right where uh, healing and wholeness are the norm, where justice and equity is for everyone. We've said that the kingdom of God is God's reality. It's the way that things should be. And we have said that ultimately the kingdom of God is the way that things shall be in the future. But unless we understand um, what repentance is and we embrace and embody repentance, then the kingdom will remain for us nothing but a great theory or theological construct or a grand concept rather than a lived experience for us. And God forbid that having gone through this series, that all we were left, are left with and all that we carry away with us is um, an idea or ideas. What the kingdom of God must be for us is something that transforms us and daily shapes and adds substance to our lives. So what did Jesus have in mind when um, he said that the appropriate response to the presentation of the kingdom of God is repentance? Uh, the word repent, as used throughout the Old Testament, and its um, Hebrew meaning is very simple, simply means um, to turn around, to turn back, or to, or to, uh, to return. So it's to turn around, to, to turn back, or to return. It's got to do with the direction of our lives, the course on which, the, the trajectory in which our lives are going. And when we step into the New Testament in, in classical Greek, and as, as the term is used throughout um, the New Testament, again, the word simply means to change one's mind, to make a decision about the way we think about God, ourselves, one another, and the created order of which we are a part. 
And so when we combine the um, Hebrew and the uh, Greek understanding of repentance, I think we gain something of an insight into what Jesus was suggesting when he said that the kingdom of God requires a response of repentance from us. That is that we are to change our thinking. There is an inward um, response when we hear and learn and discover what the kingdom is. That should prompt us to readjust our thought life. On the inside, there is a reconfiguration of our thoughts that ultimately outworks itself in a change of direction in the course of our lives. If we were to take uh, time to study the New Testament, what is incredibly interesting is that the first response to the, to the preaching or the proclamation of the kingdom message, whether it's um, uh, proclaimed by John the Baptist, whether it's proclaimed by Jesus, whether it's proclaimed by the disciples, or whether it's pro- proclaimed by the Apostle Paul, the first response to the kingdom announcement in Scripture is always repentance. Nothing comes before it and nothing takes its place. The link between the kingdom and repentance is um, um, they're bound together. We cannot think of the kingdom without understanding that the gateway into this world that, that God wants to uh, break in upon us, that the starting point of that journey is our response of repentance. And so for me, what repentance is, is actually a realignment of my thoughts and my actions. It's bringing my, my life, myself, into sync with the way that God intends things to be. Repentance, repentance is making sure that the focus and the direction of our lives is compatible with who Jesus is and his teaching on the kingdom. Repentance is my admission that I've been wrong about how the world and my life should be run. And it's making that decision and the choice to follow Jesus and align my life with him. It's minimizing or reducing the inconsistencies between who Jesus is and the kingdom which he proclaimed and presented and how I think and live, conduct my life. Repentance is God's call to stop resisting this new reality that God wants to uh, bring to the earth. And it's this getting on board with what God wants to do in me and in this world. The kingdom comes when I let go of the things which are at odds with God's dream for my life and I stop clinging to the things that resist the kingdom from emerging. If God is putting this world to right, if God is healing and restoring things in conformity with his kingdom purpose, then that must mean that this dream 
that God has involves putting me to right. It involves restoring me. It involves healing me. The story of the um, prodigal son, if you have your Bibles, uh, Luke chapter 15, is uh, one of the stories that provides us with a beautiful picture of uh, repentance at work. Luke 15 um, and verses 11 through to uh, verse 24. It says, there was, a young, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him off to his fields to feed pigs. And he longed for his stomach to be, uh, uh, longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, "How many of my father's hired men have food to spare?" And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. This uh, younger son's claim on his inheritance was actually a statement by him that he actually wished his father was dead. Um, generally, inheritances are dispersed after death. And so when this young man says to his father, Give me my inheritance. He was saying to his dad, Dad, I really wish you were dead. Incredibly um, clear statement that the, the son is sending out about what he thinks about his father. And so he takes um, his inheritance, takes his wealth and pursues a, a life of, um, of sex, drugs and rock and roll. And yet when the money and the friends are gone, uh, and he's gone as, as low as he can possibly go, it says that he actually comes to his senses. He actually has a revelation, not only of who he is, but he has a revelation or an understanding of the kindness of who his father is. And the Bible tells us 
that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. The thing that causes a shift in our thinking and a shift in our behavior is actually understanding the incredible graciousness and the kindness of God. So often the message of repentance is intertwined with making people feel guilty and fearful of God. And yet the opposite is true. Repentance is actually founded on the basis of a revelation of an understanding that our Father is incredibly kind. And this is what takes place in in this young man's understanding as he's sitting in the pig pen. He reflects back and thinks of the goodness of his father. And as he does so, he, um, he has a shift in mind. Rather than wanting his father dead, he says, I will set out and go back to my father. There is that transaction that's taking place on the inside of him. There is a change of thinking about the nature of who his father is. And then he picks himself up and he turns himself around and it says there, he got up and went to his father. We see this dual thing at play. The New Testament understanding of repentance being a shift in thinking or a change of mind. And we also see at play the Hebrew understanding of repentance, a turning back or a turning around or a returning. And what repentance is, is a turning our back on that which is destructive to us, others, and our relationship with God. And what repentance is, Repentance is returning home. Repentance is going back to the Father's heart, the Father's love, and the Father's embrace. And Hebrews chapter 6 and uh, verses 1 and, 1 and 2, and I'll finish on this point, is uh, we're provided with a list of what are called foundational doctrines, foundational teachings that position us for spiritual growth and maturity. And the very first of, this, um, of these six foundational teachings that are in those two verses in Hebrews chapter 6, the very first one is repentance. And it's specifically, it says, it is repentance from dead works. What dead works are are our attempts to establish our right standing with God through self-effort and religious observance. For there to be any chance of Christianity working for you or for me, we have to get this right. If we fail at this point, we cannot move on to maturity. It is so elementary that this is the basic foundation stone and the crux of what repentance is. 
We have to turn our backs on our attempts to make ourselves right with God and turn towards God and God's method of establishing righteousness for humanity. And that is solely in and through the person of Christ and what Christ has done for us on our behalf. Any attempt on our behalf to secure a right standing with God, either through self-effort or religious observance, is a dead work. And what we must learn as a foundation stone of the life of repentance is to say, God, I turn away from every effort and every attempt that I would make to establish a righteousness of my own and, ex- and embrace the exclusive method which you have established, and that is grace that comes in and through the person of Christ. And to stand on that foundation alone. There's a general edict that has gone out um, to the human race from God. And it's found in Acts 17 and verse 30. And it says that God commands all people everywhere to repent. What God is inviting us all to is an invitation for us to align ourselves with him, to bring the direction and the focus of our life into sync with him and his kingdom. Repentance is a beautiful thing. It involves us shifting our thoughts and from that basis there becomes a change in behavior so that there is a conformity with the dream and heart of God. Throughout the series we talked about the the kingdom of God as God transforming the world. But folks, if he doesn't transform you and I, this world remains untouched and unchanged. And so in putting the world to rights, what we're actually saying is that God is very much in the business of putting us to right. And our repentance is, is an alignment, a coming into sync with whatever that might mean for each and every one of us. Shane, did you want to... Rod? Vainand? Ben? Did anybody want to nuance that? Would be really helpful. I know this um, may be a bit controversial, but um, a couple of times in Scripture, it even says that God repents, Hmm. um, which um, is a different Hebrew word. So for those who are becoming a little bit nervous, um, as a parent, the best moments for me in parenting was when I screwed up 
and I could say to Carmen or to Zoe, I'm sorry. To know that God can say he's sorry makes it easier for me to say that I'm sorry. It's worthwhile sitting with for a moment. Can I, can I just be really honest for a, for a moment? I've been lying all the way through this message. <laughs> this is where I get all pastoral. I'm really deeply concerned that we're raising a congregation, a community of people that give mental assent to a concept, an idea, such as the kingdom of God. And it's really nice to keep it vague in that God is putting the worlds to rights because what that kind of enables us to do is to jump on board with social justice issues, which so many of us are rightly passionate about. But in the midst of that, we don't see the personal application of what it means, the implications of what the kingdom really means for us. We don't ground it. We keep it on a grand concept and a grand theological thing which is which is so rich and so beautiful and and overwhelm uh, overwhelms us but my concern is we we grab hold of the idea and we don't translate that into this thing that if god is putting the world to right that means if god is adjusting the world and god is calling all things to be aligned with him we we're doing ourselves such a disservice by not seeing the personal application for our own lives. And whatever that might mean for you, I'm not here to impose upon you um, a framework of what the kingdom of God is like other than that which has been presented to us, a, a moving towards wholeness and beauty and grace and goodness. God forbid that I should start telling you what those adjustments should be because you've got the Holy Spirit and your own conscience um, working with you. You don't need that to be complicated by the overlay of a perceived condemnatory voice. But I'm just really concerned if I could just be just honest with you, I'm just so concerned that we'll have taken these wonderful riches, this fabulous framing of the kingdom, jump on board some great social justice endeavours and think that, well, the kingdom's coming and I've participated in that. Without any shifts in our own values and attitudes and behavior. If we do that, do you know in reality what we are is we are, we are the older brother in the story of the prodigal son. The older brother in that story never actually repented.
Never, he never caught a glimpse of the kindness and the goodness of the Father. And I just have to be honest with you. Um, don't buy into the lie that the kingdom is just about social justice and jumping on board some cause. And that doesn't have implications for you and your attitudes and um, your behaviour. It has to, if God is putting the world to right. I hope that came across okay. And yeah, I, I guess I'd add to that. Um, we looked at the very start of the Kingdom series at, at the scripts, um, that Jesus' kingdom announcement was in contrast to um, various groups of people at the day who all had an idea about how the world worked and what success was and what would make God happy and what would make God come. And I just think that like part of repentance is like our job is to continually view, like to continually look at the scripts in our world, um, which tell us what defines success which tells us what defines wholeness, which tells us what defines freedom. And to look at them with, at them with suspicion and ask the questions about what's God, God's way in the middle of this. Um, we all live with, uh, surrounded by competing views of what life is actually really all about. And some of what Steve says about this idea of personal repentance feeds into this about what shapes our identity, about where we place our trust, about um, what ways of being in the world make the world more whole. And I think repentance keeps on drawing us back to um, this message of grace and obedience, this message of seeing wholeness um, in the lives of everybody, about shaping our identity around the one who created us in the first place and not being distracted um, working out what's simply false or um, what just feeds our and strokes our own ego or our own advantage, discerning um, how we use power, that all of these narratives and scripts that surround us, that we keep on turning away from them and turning towards a much deeper story, a story of God's action in the world, both broadly but also in our own lives. Um, I think I yeah like I echo what Steve's saying with it's it's easy just to get caught up in the grand, um, but our own lives are at stake here as well, and our own ways of being can be incredibly destructive if we um, if we take on the wrong scripts. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and that part of repentance is discernment. I mean, I live in you know I'm 33. I make coffee part time. And it's just funny, like, the worlds that you place yourself in, um, the, the, the value systems um, of what's important and what's not. Just discerning that some, some, of, it's, some of it's lies and some of it's incredibly destructive. Um, and working out how to come back to um, Christ at the center of that can be really difficult but really important. So sometimes it's just about resting and reflecting, um, looking at the world with new eyes and seeing how it lines up with what Jesus proclaims. Yeah.
I imagine um, repentance as a process thing. That if I look at how much work it takes in a digestive system to maintain balance, like putting in a probiotic constantly. So to me, as an, on a practical level, a picture of that would be repentance is not just a one-off thing, but this, on, there's this ongoing war within you and this battle that you have to fight, 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 and to restore the balance and the harmony. We, we constantly fall out of harmonious existence. So repentance is like putting probiotic in your system to, to dominate that baddie, so to speak, that reigns. So it's an ongoing thing daily, not just, oh, I stepped out, I did it, I did it, I'm okay. It's daily. Drip, drip effect. All right, I want to give us just a moment, uh, perhaps, just to be still and um, reflective. And um, allow the Holy Spirit, who we have to believe is here, present with us and in us and for us, to speak into our hearts and lives to knock on the door of our heart and to suggest to us where those areas and issues of alignment need to take place in our thinking and in our behaviour. Father, I pray that um, our people, the people in this place, in this community, would have a revelation of the depths of kindness that make up your being. That God, you long for the best for us. That Lord, you want to eliminate those um, destructive tendencies that reside in each, each of us. Father, I pray that as we align ourselves with you and respond to your grace, that, Lord, your kingdom would break in in ways that not only benefit us, but those who are around about us. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.